What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke here. We got some hot action in the NBA as we're coming down to the last few games. Some jostling for playoff positions. Some matchups that I was excited about that now aren't matchups anymore if the, if the seeding stays as is. But it's really going to come down to the final game. Russell Westbrook broke Oscar Robertson's record for most triple doubles in NBA history for one player's career. He's at 182. What that means to me as far as making history and where that ranks Russell Westbrook as a quarterback. It's been a minute. I haven't, I've been following baseball because I play fantasy baseball, but looking at the standings, looking at my two teams, the Orioles at 16 and 21, the Nationals at 13 and 19. It's not looking good for the DMV area. But it's been a great season so far as far as storylines. And that may end up coming unraveled as news has come out about several uh, players testing positive for COVID-19. One Fernando Tatis Jr. and some Padres. His Padres, huh? Kind of funny, huh? What's happened to them, unfortunately, um, what that may mean for where teams may be headed. You know, you may see a big drop-off. Maybe you won't. Maybe you won't. And then the NFL. We got a new schedule for next season. Some games that I am really excited about. I think the NFL always does a really good job of, you know, Putting those good matchups. Of course, the biggest matchup that everyone's excited to see is the Bucks at the Patriots. I mean, come on. You got to be looking for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. And that's, we'll get to that at the end of the podcast here. But first, let's start with the NBA. Now, I'm looking at this schedule, and it's still tight. It's still really tight. There are some scenarios of, Teams clinching tonight, as we record this on Thursday the 18th. Atlanta, Philly, Phoenix, Portland, San Antonio, and Washington can clinch. Chicago and Sacramento could be eliminated tonight as well. And as I was thinking about, okay, again, where do I want teams to be? Looks like Boston, Charlotte... There could be some flip-flopping there, but it wouldn't be as exciting if it's Boston, Indiana. So you want to keep Boston, Charlotte. That's that's one of my favorite matchups in the playoffs that I'm looking forward to, to seeing in this play-in tournament. Indiana, Washington, that's okay. On the other side in the Western Conference, the LA Lakers and the Golden State Warriors, I'd like for that to stay intact. But the Memphis Grizzlies are half a game behind Golden State, so maybe not. And the Lakers are a game behind the Trailblazers and the Mavericks, so there's still some jostling there to be done. But I kind of don't want it to. I want to see Steph Curry and I guess Kelly Oubre Jr. and Draymond Green, you know, as I think of the guys on that team that have had some real playoff experience going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Maybe it gives the Lakers a little bit of a jolt. I know LeBron James, who's set to return before next week. 
I know in his mind, he doesn't like to play in tournament, but you know, at the same time, maybe, maybe as crazy as it sounds, right? Maybe it gives him a couple more games to kind of get, get into playoff mode, so to speak. Maybe just a little bit, just a little bit. But I want that game to st- I want that series to stay intact. Lakers, Golden State. The other seeding here, you know, some I think Denver, Portland got spicy last year. If that somehow can stay where it is, the fourth and fifth seed, the Nuggets are a game behind the Clippers. The Clippers are two games behind the Suns. And the Suns are a game and a half behind the Jazz. We got the Jazz. We got the Jazz. So there's still some time for some some jostling to be done. A lot of games tonight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten games. Nine games tonight. Some good games on Friday and Saturday and Sunday to end the season. A lot of key matchups. Nuggets Trailblazers Sunday night. Pelicans, unfortunately, were eliminated. The Bulls most likely will be eliminated. But that last game of the season against the Bucks could be tough. Grizzlies Warriors. And I think there's probably going to, there's already talk of some shifting of, you know, probably won't be any shifting of game time like in the NFL. But maybe there should. Celtics Knicks Sunday is going to be a good one. Charlotte Wizards, a lot of one o'clock games, but there's no doubt it's going to be fun. As I look at the DraftKings, you know, it's not a lot. Plus 145 for the Wizards to reach the playoffs. Plus 190 for the Grizzlies, plus 150 for the Pacers, plus 340 for the Spurs. So there's still some... Some props you can make out there. Some bets you can make. But it's definitely still going to be... Um, you know, this it's interesting because... I believe it was on the ESPN broadcast that was saying that the regular season games don't matter as much. That when it's the playoffs is different. And, I, you know... I respect Mark Jackson. A lot of people respect Mark Jackson, but at the same time, I couldn't disagree more. You know, if you have the ability to choose your own destiny, to get home court advantage, that's why every game matters. So that you're not in a position where you need help from somebody else to either get into the playoffs or to change your seating. It's, yeah, I'm using it as an example. I feel like it's unfair for me to say Kawhi Leonard started the load management when he was with the Spurs, but you look at the number of games that maybe he was sitting out and the number of games that Paul George was sitting out. And here they sit two games behind the Phoenix Suns for the division. You're looking at the conference schedule. And I know part of it was injuries with the Nets. But, you know, players not being available. Because they want to get rest. They don't want to play on back-to-backs. Heck, we're talking about Russell Westbrook. You know, at least 
earlier part of the season, it was like, no, he's not playing on back-to-backs. Well, that could have been, you know, five or six games that the Wizards could have won. That they could be 500 right now. Possibly fighting for the sixth seed in the playoffs. Well, really more the seventh seed, but I guess, you know, just throwing it out there. Every game matters. Every game matters. It does. And that's where I disagree with Mark Jackson. Because you want home court advantage. You want to not play in the play-in game. Well, barring injuries, which I'm not going to, you know, fault anybody for getting injured. But any team that decided, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to rest some players here and there. Then all of a sudden, you look back and you're like, man, of those five games, we rested player X. We lost four of them. Then you can look at the schedule and you can say, oh, man, you know, not to say that you definitely would have won those games, but you handicapped yourself. You went into a game shorthanded when you didn't have to. I mean, I know for a lot of older players, like, what do you mean load management? And it doesn't just happen in basketball. It happens in other sports too. And I feel like every game should matter. There's no time where you can say, oh, well, it's all right. We can lose this game. We can lose that game. But then when you get to the end of the season and let's say you're the Heat and the Knicks and your records are tied at 38 and 31 with the Hawks right above you at 39 and 31. How could you not think about, ooh, if we had just gotten that game? And sometimes it's not even players. It's not just load management. You know, I've been a couple times talking about referees when we're talking about all sports and the referee's effect on the game and the team that may have lost a crucial game because of a bad call or a bad no call. All of that matters. All of that matters to me. It does. But you know what? This is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's going to be. And we'll see as the playoffs get closer and closer. There's still some good odds for some of the conference winners. I mean, heck, 76ers plus 325. Celtics, man, losing Jalen Brown, heck, that's not good for them. You know, is there a hot team that you think could somehow beat the Nets, who are the favorite at minus 109? It's probably, you know, the Sixers and Bucks are tied at plus 325. We we talked a couple episodes ago about how some betters were making a run on the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know about that one, but they're at plus 4,000. In the Western Conference, the Lakers are still favored at plus 200. Clippers right behind them at plus 240. Should the Suns even get any love? I don't know at plus 650. The Nuggets are getting no love at plus 1,500 despite the fact that they will probably end the season with Nikola Jokic hosting the M- hoisting the MVP award. That's another one. You count out Dame Lillard? He's at plus 3,000. Probably can. Probably can. 
Another thing happened this week that I want to briefly talk about. Russell Westbrook has 182 career triple-doubles, which surpass Oscar Robertson, who had 181. The league was different then. Yeah, most definitely. The league was much different then. But something that was brought up when Russell Westbrook was starting to pass the record is his head coach, who was also his coach in Oklahoma City too, Scott Brooks, said that Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's a t- tongue twister, will go down as the second best point guard in NBA history. Really? Do you think so? I don't know about that one. Now, where do you rank him of the point guards that are playing in the NBA right now? Who would you take over Russell Westbrook? Luka Doncic? Yes, for his shooting. Dame Lillard? Yes, for his killer instinct. Steph Curry? Yes. He's got both what Luka and Dame Lillard has. Ben Simmons? No. Kyrie Irving? No. So that has me at Russell Westbrook as the fourth best point guard in the NBA that's currently playing. But also started to think about, okay, do you put championships in there? Because if you put championships in there, then Steph Curry, of the point guards that are currently playing in the NBA, would be one. But then when you think about that next step as, as far as who are the possibly, we'll say top five, Luka Doncic, no championship. Dame Lillard, no championship. Ben Simmons, no championship. Russell Westbrook, no championship. Kyrie Irving has a championship. So does Kyrie Irving jump up there into the top five because he has a ring over Russell Westbrook? Maybe. But I just feel like there are way too many quality point guards that have been in the NBA for the triple-doubles. Yes, he did play in the NBA final. Oklahoma City lost to the Miami Heat. Only point guard that's above Russell Westbrook. When you got just not the players that I mentioned that are playing today, but you got Oscar Robertson, John Stockton, didn't bring up Chris Paul, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Isaiah Thomas, Walt Frazier, Allen Iverson, Kevin Johnson, Derek Rose, Tony Parker. Where do you put Tony Parker in that conversation? I mean, they won, what, five championships with the Spurs that he was a starting point guard? I don't know if you can go farther back than that. Probably don't put Cal Lowry in there. Another point guard playing right now that probably you could at least have in the top ten. Rajon Rondo. But that's probably as far as I'd go with the point guards. I don't know if I'd go much much deeper than that. But I think there's a lot of those players on that list that you could kind of say, I don't know. I don't know if it's fair to say. I mean, I definitely feel like I'd have Magic, Oscar, Steph, Isaiah, Thomas, the one from the Detroit Pistons, Walt Frazier, that those, those 
that's probably the the list right there that I would any one of those players I feel like you could kind of sub for Russell Westbrook behind Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is number one. After that, I think you know you can kind of mix and match. But I personally feel that you got to have a championship to go with that. If you got a ring, you get a little bump up. Maybe you could bump up Kyrie Irving a little bit too. Then after championship, then you can get into, well, they made it to an NBA final, which would be Russell Westbrook with Oklahoma City, Allen Iverson with the 76ers, John Stockton. Chris Paul's never made it to an NBA Finals. He only made it to one Western Conference Final with Houston, but they call him the point god. I don't know about that. Steve Steve Nash in Phoenix. A lot of other players you can think about. A lot of other players you can think about. But, bottom line, it's going to be fun. Baseball. Are you excited about baseball? Have you gotten into it yet? I mean, I'm I'm kind of into it. The teams, the have the haves, so to speak, percolated to the top. Boston in the AL East, 22 and 16 record. Yankees right behind them at 20 and 16, tied with the Toronto Blue Jays. Kansas City got off to a hot start in the AL Central. They have lost 10 in a row. And the Chicago White Sox sit atop the AL Central at 21-13 and 13 with Cleveland right behind them. Detroit, 12-24. and 24. Man, you remember at the beginning of the season, I talked about A.J. Hinch maybe making a difference in Detroit. I don't know about that, but they have won three in a row. The Oakland Athletics. They had a ridiculous, what, 15-game winning streak, something like that, in the middle of the start of the season. I guess it wasn't the middle. It's near the beginning of the season. They're 23-15. and 15. Best record in the American League. Houston right behind them at 20-17. and 17. Shout out to young mentor of mine, Matt Blum, who's going to be working for the Houston Astros. Good luck to him out there. Seattle. Seattle is all in a tizzy as they have brought two rookies up to see if they can breathe some life into the mirror, into the Mariners, Jared Kalinick and Logan Gilbert. And, you know, they actually aren't playing that bad. The Mariners, that is. And remember, they're 18 and 19, one game below 500. And what did I say? What did I say? I said, take a flyer on them. Not that you still don't have the opportunity to, for them to win the American League. They're at, get them at plus 5,000. That's probably a long shot. Division winner, maybe they could do that. They're at plus 2,800. They've lost four in a row, bringing up the rookie. See if they can breathe some life into that team. Los Angeles Angels, unfortunately, have dropped. They are three and seven in their last ten. They're sixteen and twenty on the season. I mean, four below five five hundred isn't that bad. But 
considering where the Angels started, and they have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, who's getting it done as a pitcher and a batter, they have now fallen back to where they normally are, which is last place, unfortunately. And that's really sad. But the crazy thing is they're a plus 650 to win the American League West. In the National League, we've got the Mets at the top at 18 and 13. Washington's only five games back at the bottom of the NL East at 14 and 19. As we have talked about, that that division will be the most hotly contested division, in my mind. NL Central, St. Louis 22 and 15. They're 7-3 in their last 10. They got Nolan Arenado from Colorado in a trade. It seems to worked out for him. They're the top of, at the top of the NL Central with Milwaukee, Cincinnati, the Cubs, and the Pittsburgh Pirates at the bottom at 15-21. And, and in the NL West, we've got, it's not the Dodgers at the top. We got the San Francisco Giants, 22-14. They've only scored 158 runs, and I just want to bring that up to the fact that the Dodgers have scored 187. Looking at the plus-minus, the Dodgers have scored 40 more runs than their opponents. But the Dodgers are in third place, one game behind, or technically a half a game behind, San Diego Padres, who are 5-5 in their last 10. But you want to talk about teams that are winning by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. Milwaukee, 20-17, and only three games over 500. They have a minus eight differential for runs scored for the home team, or Milwaukee, and runs against. Phillies in second place in the NL East. They're at minus five, but Atlanta at 17-20 is minus 21. And to give you perspective, Miami, who's in fourth place, but only a half a game behind Atlanta, is at plus 10. Been some lopsided games for Atlanta, where a team like Philadelphia at minus 5 means they've had a lot lot more closer games. Most of the teams that are at the top of their divisions have a plus ranking. Oakland has a minus 6 ranking. And they're at the top of the AL West. The only team at the top of a division that doesn't have a plus rating. And the highest plus rating are Chicago White Sox at plus 64. They've scored 186 runs and given up 122. How about that? You look at the possible division winners. Dodgers are the favorite in the West. Mets in the NL East. Chicago White Sox at minus 250 in the AL Central. AL West is the Athletics plus 100. I like the Angels there. Plus 650 is good odds. The Yankees in the AL East at minus 121. In the National League Central, the Cardinals are favored at plus 110. Plus 110. So, you know, I feel like things are still kind of working, working their way through um, the first part of the season, so to speak. Stats-wise, 
Ronald Asuna, Mitch Haniger. You never saw that coming as uh, second most home runs in Major League Baseball. J.D. Martinez, Shohei Otani, Jose Ramirez all have 10 home runs. And Ronald Asuna Jr. has 12. RBIs. J.D. Martinez with 32. Jose Abreu for the White Sox with 31. Jesus Aguilar for the Miami Marlins also has 31. Rafael Devers for Boston has 30. So some names in there you probably didn't expect to see. But, but I like the season so far. And let's hope that all of a sudden, as I talked about in the start of this episode, I hope we're not going to see a lot of positive COVID tests that affect the season like it did last season. Maybe MLB has to tighten up some restrictions. Possibly. Possibly. Now the last thing, as we are looking at the NFL schedule that was just announced. And there was one glaring thing that I found very interesting. And I guess you have to think about, okay, who has the best draw? Who has the worst draw? Who can, or I guess kind of has a easy road to getting to the playoffs, but nothing's ever easy, right? Nothing's ever easy. The Patriots got a favorable schedule in my mind. 49ers got one as well. The Tampa Bay Bucks got the fourth lowest strength of schedule and they are the Super Bowl champs. That's quite interesting. I find that very interesting. But then I feel like, you know, You're looking at some of these teams that got favorable schedules. Um, And a lot of them are the teams that you, you, I guess in my mind, you know, the way the NFL is set up and you, you play the divisions, right? You play the divisions. And that's just the way it is. But I kind of, it's kind of weird that it's like, how are the teams with the worst record that they don't maybe have a favorable more favorable schedule the Steelers and Ravens whoo they have tough schedules the Packers the funny thing is I feel like they have a tough schedule but even more so some of it is also going to be determined by what happens with Aaron Rodgers I mean, of course, as it stands, you're projecting the Packers to have a good season. But you don't know. You really don't know. You really don't know. But there's some teams, Chargers, the Washington football team has a tough schedule. The Kansas City Chiefs have a tough schedule. It's not going to be easy for these teams to get it done. Now, we talk about the games that I'm looking forward to watching, the ones you might be looking forward to watching. Of course, everybody wants to see Tom Brady return to Foxborough week four. Tampa Bay at the Patriots. Packers Saints. I mean, I think, you know, outside of that game, I, I imagine for all fans, we're kind of just looking for our teams. You want, you want to see where the, your matchups are. If, especially if you're in that 
you know, division with the Ravens, Browns, Bengals, and Steelers. All, all of those games are, are must-watch games, right? You kind of want to see all of them. Especially after last season, I think that, you know, every team, well, Steelers and Ravens are always good. They're always great teams. But I feel like the Browns, is it unfair to say they've caught up with them? I just think they played better last year. Bengals, okay, maybe not so much. But I still will say that in many ways, when you have, when when these divisions are so tight and these teams know each other so well that there is still going to be a, uh, you know, it's still going to be a tough out, a tough win. And the AFC North may be, is one of the more tougher wins. To even beat the Bengals isn't always easy. As I've said several times, I feel like the Patriots during that run with Belichick and Brady didn't help that the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets for the most part through those 19 years were awful teams so they could at least get Six wins were almost guaranteed. Although I know it's unfair to say it that way, but that's the way I think about it. But it, it's it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Between the NFC East, which has the closest odds of picking a team to win this division, NFC East Cowboys are plus 125 at the top. Philadelphia Eagles are at the bottom at plus 500. As I mentioned, I talked about AFC North and always being a tough, these are always tough games. The Ravens are favored at plus 120 and the Bengals are all the way down at plus 2,500. So maybe the toughest division is the NFC East, which I am in the history of the division. I have always said that and also because I'm from Washington. So, you know, I always would, Look at that as the toughest division period. I used to remember the stat that I think almost 40, 45% of the Super Bowl representative over the course of all of the Super Bowls came out of the NFC East. But that AFC North is going to be tough. Steelers at plus 400. We'll see what they can do. We'll see what they can do. All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. I hope I was entertaining, giving you my thoughts on the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL schedule, games I'm looking forward to. It's going to be fun. Week one. Week one of the season. Cowboys at the Buccaneers kicks off the season September 9th. Looking forward to it. Gives you something, you know, always looking forward to football. It's going to be fun. But before that, I'm going to join the NBA playoffs. All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. Until next week, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your sports. Ciao for now.